0: Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by episode number 210 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. Hi, I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and I am really excited about this interview because I'm interviewing four people at the same time. Woohoo! I am going to be speaking with Suzanne and Matt, who are both romance readers, and Elise and her husband Rich, who also both read romance. Suzanne introduced her husband to the genre, and their reading experience prompted Suzanne to email me about whether there were other couples who read romance together. Elise and Rich, who also share reading romance material, join the interview to talk about their perspectives as well. We talk about consent, the female gaze, the male gaze, conflicting messages in the narrative, descriptions of heroes, and how readers interpret what we are saying in romance about sexuality and gender. Now please note at about 22 to 24 minutes, I start talking about a book called Fate in Black and I talk about my interpretation of a scene in which I believe rape happened. So please skip that section if it would potentially upset you, okay? So around 22 to 24 minutes, if I start talking about Fate in Black, you can hit the skip ahead button until I'm done because I want you to feel safe and I don't want you to feel triggered or upset and unprepared. This podcast episode is sponsored by you. Yes, all of you. Everyone who is listening. If you are listening to the podcast and you download it every week or you email me or you've checked out our Patreon at patreon.com slash smartbitches, you are the very best. Seriously, I am incredibly honored at how many people contact me to say how much they enjoy the podcast every week. And I am so glad that you're listening. So thank you very, very much for being here. And if you're thinking, I would like to sponsor an episode... I would like to sponsor a podcast episode very, very soon. That would be most rad. And I mean that. You could use the word rad in the promo language because I use the word rad all the time. So just email me at sarah at smartbitchestrashybooks.com and tell me you'd like to sponsor an episode. We can talk about a book. We can talk about whatever you would like to share with people. Maybe you've got a thing for a fabric softener fragrance that Downey took off the market and you want to talk about it. I totally understand because... I miss Water Lily and Jasmine too. If you're interested in sponsoring a show, email me. I would be more than happy to talk to you about it. Our music is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. And I will have information at the end of the show as to who this is and where you can buy all of this fine music. I also want to warn you, we talk about a ton of books in this episode. We talk about the books that both of these couples read together, books they recommend to other people, books they've liked more than others. There are so many books. And if you're thinking, I want to read one of them and I miss the name and the title and I'm driving or I'm dying wool or I'm on the treadmill or I'm dying wool on the treadmill while driving, you probably shouldn't do that. I put links to all of the books in the podcast entry at com slash podcast. So, You can head on over there and go shopping, should you wish to do so. And now, grim-visaged war has smoothed his wrinkled front, and it is time for the podcast. On with the interviews. Suzanne, let me start with you. Mm -hmm. If you would introduce yourself and explain the, if you remember, the original email you sent me and what really interesting thing you convinced your husband to do.
1: (laughs) Okay, so this is Suzanne. Um, So this all kind of started i guess um i am a regular listener of the podcast of course and um i heard the interview with um oh, i'm forgetting her real name i'm just thinking emily foster because her book's coming out um emily nagoski but yes thank you nice. um, and so i you know ordered immediately after listening to the podcast her book come as you are and i ordered something else i think I don't know, something like steampunk or something. And so I was gone. Um, I was up visiting my folks. And I told my husband, like, oh, well, feel free to open the Amazon box. Um, There's a book in there that you might be interested in reading. And so he opens it up and sees Come As You Are. And he's like, "Uh, is this some sort of, like, hint? (laughs) Yeah. And so I get this series of texts that's like, um, am I doing something wrong? And, whatever. and then I had to launch into this whole thing about the podcast and like, oh, God. Anyway, it was this long thing about, no,
0: it's fine. Everything's fine, uh, dear.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so then we got to talking about, um, like I was pointing out some of the things that um, Emily had been saying on the podcast about like um, virginity myths and um, arousal non-concordance and that kind of stuff, which I found totally fascinating. And being a science nerd as well, Matt was, I think thought was pretty interesting as well. Um, and we got to talking about romance novels. And so I was like, Hey, have you ever thought of reading one? And, because he's awesome, he um, agreed to, which was pretty fun. Nice.
2: Was yeah. that before or after I read Level Up?
1: After. That's oh, it. and so we're big geeks, right? I think it was you and um, Bree. Uh, we're talking about Level Up. Yes. I immediately went and downloaded it and loved it. And, oh, you liked it too? Oh, uh, it's so good. Um, I basically the only thing I didn't like is that there's not more. Like, I know. I love the other girls to get a story.
0: Um, I want the agoraphobic to have the best romance ever.
2: Yeah. yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Anyway, more yeah. more agor- agoraphobic romance, as we were. <laughs> That's not a specific request or anything. Um, so Matt's actually an IT manager. And so he works, like, you know, in one of those really male-dominated fields. But he's, like, very conscious of helping the women on his team actually be have you know have like advancement opportunities and so that book i was like this is this is exactly like matt needs to read this this is how it feels being a woman in a male dominated field and this is how it feels having everybody tell you like nope you're doing it wrong i know what i'm doing and yep. just dismissing you um so he read that like a couple months before a few months, so. maybe? yeah yeah um so this is the first time i convinced him to read something that wasn't like hey, this is about your
2: workplace, and there happens to be sexy times in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, this is Matt. I actually, as I was about halfway through the book, I thought, oh, this is, this is an interesting, this is a cool book, uh, and I actually recommended it to a couple of female coworkers before later feeling like I needed to backtrack so that I didn't get accused of sexual harassment.
1: <laughs> it's not, but then, like, okay, the next... I think like a couple books later, I was recommending um, "Beyond Control," "Beyond Shame." One of the one, one of the Kit Roka books, and I was like, "No, no, no! You thought you were going to feel sexual harassment for level up? No, this this is <laughs> definitely more uh, more sexy times than that." <laughs> That's a lot of sexy times in the Roka books. Yes, yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite, kind of like the spectrum. Like here's fairly tame, and here's not. Yeah.
2: Well, and so you've been, this is Matt again, um, Suzanne has been making recommendations to me, um, both based on things that she thinks that I might like, but also to try and give me some idea of, um, the breadth of the genre. Um.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, as, as everybody listening to this probably knows, you can find everything from, you know, um inspirationals that have absolutely like just maybe some hand-holding.
0: Yep. Ooh. Hot, hot, sexy hand-holding. Exactly. Maybe some gazing. Oops.
1: Maybe some ankle showing. Yeah. Oh, oh, ankle, ankle right? is very <laughs>
0: serious business. You need to put like a little flame warning off there's going to be ankle.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the way to the, the just straight up, you know, erotic end of the spectrum. Um, but yeah, so when I had originally contacted you, Sarah, it was like it, kind of more about asking is is there like a list that you can give to your husband or boyfriend or whatever about like, hey, you should read this if you're interested in you know reading the books I'm reading um, and then you know you, and
2: if it was if it was common,
1: yeah for, for yeah. couples
2: to to both read. Yes,
1: Because we we started out, when we first started dating, we were reading, um, like, we read Neil Gaiman's, um, like, American Gods and Anansi Boys and, uh, you know, nerd fiction together. Um, We read a lot of comics together. Um, Lots of, like, urban fantasy and epic fantasy. But we hadn't read romance together. Um,
2: So this was New Ground.
1: Yeah, this was New Ground. So what did you think?
2: I ask for more. Um,
0: we like you. Awesome. <laughs> it's very expensive here. I need you to know, but we, we're welcome. One <laughs> of us. One
3: of
1: us. Yay!
2: <laughs> Let's see. So, I, I, like, I've read a few things, and, um...
1: I got him started reading Alicia Rye's books now, and I think they're, like, candy or... I don't know, cinnamon buns or, or whatever other <laughs> foods that she lists in her books.
2: Well, and it's also interesting. We've, we've had a lot of discussions about how it compares to the, the sorts of things that nerdy teenage boys typically read. Um, you know, whether that's Tolkien or whatnot and, and how these things and expectations of the reader compare and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. You mean like world building?
2: World building, messaging. Yeah,
0: yeah. Women as the hero. Yeah. Women being yep. the hero. Women achieving the centerpiece of the story.
2: Yep.
1: That's... Even just being women in the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just just having them
1: around, doing yeah, things, yeah. not being scenery.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So what have you liked so far?
2: Um. Let's see. So, I mean, I like Level up. Um I really
1: love that book.
2: It's so good.
1: And it's, like, it's it, I think it's still free, so there's like no reason not to read it.
2: Um I just read *Gentlemen in the Street.
1: Did you like the kit book of the you didn't right?
2: I did. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna read more of that probably. Um I oh, I read the Christina Lauren
1: yeah, one. I read
2: I started with the third one, the In the uh, Wild
1: Seasons. Um Dark Wild Night. Because it has like nerdy heroine and heroine. Um, Right. The one
2: about the comic book author. Right. There Um, needs
0: to be a more serious delineation of nerd romance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like we need to tag that more, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's like a whole bunch of cowboy romance. Why can't there be nerd romance? Right.
2: Like I
0: agree. mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Video game programmers, comic writers, you know, it's all there. Um, so I actually started Immortals After Dark.
1: Yeah, the Cressy Close series, which I read like candy when it was coming out. They, they, they it all the covers, and so they were all like $1.99 at various yes. points this year. And I bought them all and just kind of like zoomed
2: right through the whole like 15 books that were out. And I actually had a tough time with those. Oh, how come? Um, I... I don't want my criticisms to, to come off of as a criticism of, of if that's what you like, I think go for it, you know, kind of thing.
0: Oh, that's how but, we are, so no worries.
2: But as reading the Immortals After Dark series, there are some serious consent issues, and I can definitely see if you were a teenage boy coming out of those with the complete wrong idea of what is socially acceptable
0: consent is something that is forgive the terminology played with a lot in romance and varying degrees of consent are explored pretty much in every subgenre
1: yeah well and i was mentioning that um like in paranormal um especially with the whole faded mate trope um yeah consent the the borders are, are pushed a lot um because like they're meant to be together and so like you know, in this case, I think it was, like, the werewolf, right? So it was, like, Lachlan was, like, well, she's my mate. She doesn't know it yet, but
2: she's going to love me and we're going to be together forever. And she's, and so, like,
0: oh, my God, go away.
2: <laughs> right. She, she actually com- threatens to commit suicide in, like, the first right, 50 pages. Right. Like, that's, yeah.
1: And he's, like, no, no, no. I've waited for you for 500 years or whatever, so you can't die. What? And And she's, like who the hell are you get away kind of a thing. Yeah. So, um, but coming from, I don't know, maybe it's because I'd already read a bunch of paranormal or something. It wasn't like as jarring to me. So that's, that's been really interesting. um, Like to have Matt and I reading the same books is that um, he picks things up from, you know, from the male gaze and these books are clearly written, you know, from the female gaze for women and so on. So like, I had never thought, well, what if a teenage boy read this and thought, if I keep following her around and keep pursuing her and keep pushing her a little bit further, then eventually she'll love me. Like, cause that is kind of a horrible message for a guy to pick up on. Right. And like, that
0: message is everywhere. It's not just in romance. Right. That, right, and that's
2: right. the thing for me is that I was thinking, it's not just that, that this is a message that a teenage boy could pick up. It's, it's a message that would be reinforced.
0: Right. Oh yeah. It's already out there. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. weird, you know, if I am reading, I think a lot I think a lot like you Suzanne if I'm reading Paranormal I'm accustomed to those um, extremely alpha thuddy stomping mm-hmm. brooding boundary smooshing characters I sort of yeah. come to expect them I don't run into a whole lot of beta males in older paranormals and one of the things that I find fascinating about some of the paranormals that are starting to be written now is that you see a lot of them based on female friendships and female, collections of of creatures or or witches or whatever and so there's a lot more uh women in the stories that I've read that have been published in the last year for example where the women are like yeah no please fuck off I'll kill you I will rip your face off really no I will seriously fuck up your life go away
1: well and that's one of the things that I really like that I kind of liked about um Cressley Cole's books is that like the Valkyries they really they Oh, they're great. They're kick Yeah. And they put the dudes through a lot. Oh, they like, rip faces you know, off. Whenever the one like gets trapped in like the lava pit or whatever for however long till the yeah. next guy comes. Yeah. I mean, well, they go through hell. And I think I was trying to remember and I think I was like, well, it might just be that this book particularly is troub- troublesome, you know, but at the same time, if if you get that kind of sour taste in your mouth from the first book in a series, you just kind of don't want to continue. And I totally respect that. So there's
0: lots more. Don't worry.
1: Exactly. Well, it's you, not that there's a shortage of other books.
2: And you minus. warned me that there were consent issues in the <laughs> yeah. first book Surprise! In, in, in the book, zero novella. And I read that. And oh, that's to me, a
0: warlord once forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: To me in that one, there was so much um, buildup of like these two characters are really, 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 Sexually attracted to each other, so when the consent issues came into play for that one, I thought, "Oh, this is this is interesting. This pushes some boundaries. This is you know."
0: Okay, I'm I'm here. I understand.
2: Um, and and that was the thing for the, the for book one that got me was that there was no there was none of this this pre existing buildup. It was just straight up. Um,
1: right, because she's so sheltered. The heroine is so sheltered in that book that it's like she's scared of him the whole time. Right. And that's definitely a different a different kind of a thing.
0: And that's a very different trope. Very different. Yeah.
1: Now, yeah.
0: Suzanne, originally you had asked when you emailed me if there are other couples who read romance, which is why I wanted to have Elise and Rich on the call as well because, yes, they do all the time. And unfortunately for poor Rich, um, Elise and I have in, in, introduced him to several series that – a, are not finished, and B, are like a year or two between books, and so we're horrible <laughs> human beings. So, Rich, how did you get introduced to romance? Was it through Elise?
4: Um, I, yeah, definitely through Elise. Um, the, the sheer number of books that my wife has suggested to me over the years is, is just staggering. Now, she reads like I cannot explain how fast, but the other thing that's really cool is I met her at a bookstore. It's yes.
3: uh-huh. like the
0: best meat cute ever. Isn't that, a, isn't isn't that adorable? No. So yeah. nauseating. So gross.
4: <laughs> isn't it, though? Okay. Gonna yeah,
0: just,
4: um, <laughs> So the, the thing with Elise is she will often say things like, I think you'll like this book, and then just give me a book to read. And it's not that she doesn't tell me sometimes what the book would be classified as, so much as she realizes that I don't, necessarily have to have you know the, the this is just a sci-fi book or this is just a, a romance book or this is just you know I, the the story the characters and and the overall plot are the things that really pull me into a book and um i'm trying to think the trying to remember the first technically i suppose the first one that would be a romance that we read was uh Pride and
3: Prejudice. Yeah, we did a... Um, when we were first dating, we each read the other person's favorite book. So I supposedly. had him, Supposedly. Supposedly. I really I, I read call. yours, I just didn't read the whole series. Um, yeah. So I read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and he read... I well, actually listened to an audio, Pride and Prejudice. And I would get text messages from him at work like, you know, Mrs. Bennett's a bitch. Jesus, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um... So that was probably the first romance, and then Rich and I read a lot together because um, he – well, we used to commute to work together, and we were in the car probably like an hour and a half a day, and so I would just read out loud while he drove, and we've kind of – now we don't commute together anymore, but we've kind of stuck with that tradition where um, I read out loud to him sometimes, and we would kind of go back and forth between picking – the book um, like he would pick a book and then I would pick a book so of course I read some romance and I think the only one you really didn't like was a Regency and I felt like maybe there wasn't enough context for you in that because there's so with with the Regency I forget that people who aren't really versed in that genre there's so many social rules and unspoken things that are going on behind the scenes that if you've never read a book like that before you're kind of like well what I don't understand. What's going on here? Why is he breaking yeah, out? Was,
4: yeah, there was a lot of like, well, okay, why that? Why is he being a jerk? I don't understand this. You know, it's like the the, the whole, you know, proper thing. Um, like the, uh, the the issues where like Mister Darcy was cold and aloof. And that was supposed to be attractive. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so all I had to do was be a jerk to get a girl? That was weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, you
3: have to be a jerk and have 10,000 oh, pounds right. a yes. year. Yeah, yes. No, that's...
4: Yes. Yeah, and
3: that, handsome. And handsome. And also the right. problem
0: with Mr. Darcy was that, as Redheaded Girl put it, he didn't know how to person. And so he was so socially uncomfortable. <laughs> Although, although the degree to which that character in real life at that time would have been able to sustain his social status, being that unable to person, is kind of limited. Like that's sort of a huge suspension of belief because you run a whole lot of things, you got a whole lot of money and a whole lot of status. You got to figure out small talk, buddy. Come on, just come up with three questions that you're always going to ask. Dance, two dances. Grab some punch. Hit the door. You're good.
4: I think I think some of it was just like you know you're the wealthy guy yeah. everybody wants to be your friend, so everyone just like okay so we're gonna ask him a question that failed all right well we're we're still gonna invite him to the next thing
0: yes yeah
4: so um, other people the, are
0: personing at me uh.
4: yeah <laughs> uh, one one of one of the things that like I find uh, very helpful to me is I listen to a lot of audiobooks mm-hmm. um, I'm dyslexic so. Um, I read very, very slow. Um, it's not that I don't enjoy reading. I love reading the, the sheer quantity of books that our house is stacked with. Uh, definitely, I love reading books. But it's easier for me to listen mm-hmm. um, because it, it goes faster. Um, so, like, a lot of times I'll, I'll get, like, audiobooks and then I'll try to know find other ones similar to that and like i was looking through my audible account and like the first like true romance book that i think i found on there was uh the seduction of fate in black by
3: what's her name oh my goodness that's Uh, an older
4: one well we share jillian stone
3: yeah we share an audible account so a lot of times I'll buy stuff that's on sale or that I want to listen to and right. then because we share the account you know he'll he'll listen to it too so speaking
0: of consent issues I had to stop reading that book because there's a big old consent problem in like the first two chapters <laughs> I don't yeah, think I ever was, read that, that one to be honest
4: that, there, there's some stuff in there there where you're like
0: what and, yeah and
4: I, I don't know if, if Matt um, runs into this problem or not but you're reading it and you're like uh I don't think that's okay. Yeah, and then, and then like, <laughs> the women, and then the women are okay with it, or oh, or yeah. just somehow that that whole part gets overlooked, and and it just makes me feel like um, I'm. Uh, I'm, uh, Am I an I'm alien? Uh, not totally fine with this.
0: Am I on the wrong <laughs> planet where this is okay? And in yeah. Filt Black, if I, remember what's, if I remember correctly, and it's been a while since I stopped reading the book because the scene bugged the shit out of me, was that the hero is on the run from someone and he's trying to hide from somebody. So he literally physically picks up a hooker who's like just, you know, standing on the side of the road. And she agrees to pretend to make out with him to provide cover. So he goes ahead and he penetrates her. And she's like, I, I what, what are you doing? I didn't say okay.
4: And okay was, and it, if, I, I think the thing, she wasn't actually a hooker.
0: She wasn't? Is He thought no, she was and she wasn't? She,
4: yeah. Oh, great. That I stopped. That sort of, that's the part that sort of waked me out because yeah, um, yeah, her character is actually one of the ones I really liked in the book. And that's why every once in a while I keep looking back to see if there's a next one because it sort of leads. At the end, it leaves you with the idea that they're going to continue.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I couldn't um, get
3: past that. Wait, wait. Yeah. Are you guys? Are you guys saying you've never accidentally penetrated someone that you thought was a hooker before? That's just me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I can say I've never done that yeah okay I'm so okay the the two guys, and uh, really we're, we're just looking for Suzanne to figure out the the tiebreaker here, yeah
3: exactly well i think I think some of the issues that the guys have with consent is because you're um which it's, it's totally valid by the way, oh, you're totally. coming into the genre later than um you know, like, I, I don't know how long Suzanne has been reading romance, but I've been reading romance for about 20 years. And oh, there's lots of consent problems back then. Yeah, so back <laughs> back the books that were being published in the 70s and 80s. Oh, they were rape Yeah, it was still not okay for a woman to have sexual agency or to want to have sex. So it was forced seduction, where essentially, I mean, there there's no bones about it. It was rape. But as long as she, even though she was saying no, she was really enjoying it. Therefore it was okay. And that was the only way that you could depict a woman enjoying herself sexually. Um, because if she consented to it, well then she was a whore. So I think when you come from reading romance for a really long time and you read some of that stuff, it's less problematic by comparison. Like when I think back to some of the Johanna Lindsay's that I read now, I'm like, Oh my God.
0: Oh, there's many layers of problematic. Yes. Like nine or 10. And plus, one of the things that is true for women who are choosing to read a romance is that um, once we've identified, and it's not just women, I should not make this a gendered consideration. So people who are sitting down to read a romance novel, once the hero and the heroine have been identified, usually by the cover copy... You meet them on like page three, then that's the hero and heroine, and because it's a romance, you know they're going to get 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 together in the end. For many readers, when a romance fails, like for me with this particular book, um, I didn't want them to have a happy ending. I wanted her to stay way the fuck away from him, so I was not I was not on board for their story. And a really long time ago, I think it was like five or six years ago, Robin at Dear Author wrote a very long um, essay about how the reader consents on behalf of the heroine and in the, and the hero cuz there's more and more stories from the hero's point of view but the reader is consenting on behalf of the character so if the readers on board that's the hero that's the heroine they can go to bone town it's totally great it's all going to work out they're going to get married it's going to be wonderful have lots of little wear puppies it's going to be wonderful <laughs> that the, 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 you know the the things that happen that push the boundaries of consent are going to be okay with some readers who are 100% on board with what's happening and not going to work for readers who don't consent, who don't have enough of a reason to agree that this is okay. And that boundary is in different places for different readers. So, I mean, I imagine if you know, when this podcast airs, I will hear from somebody be like, oh my God, no, you have to go back. I love that book. It's incredible. Just you have to keep going. For that person, it totally worked. For me, not so much.
3: Well, and I mean, it's, it's speaking of problematic, I mean, to put it in perspective, one of the first romances i ever read i don't remember the title i don't remember the author i found it like in the back corner of the library and, and the hero was native american and racist sexist i mean you just name it it was super troubling suzanne what were you gonna say
1: i was gonna say that it, it seems to me like the the longer in the book they wait to actually have sex the less chance there's going to be a whole bunch of consent issues it's so, so right. true yeah, so it's, it's like, okay, if in the first chapter something happens, then, like, to me, that's like, okay, so this is the horrible thing that happened to her, and now she's going to find her nice beta who, like, takes, you know, helps her emotionally recover and realize that not all men are horrible. But that's, but, but when it's the the guy that raped her that we're trying to be convinced, you know, like, okay, no, he's
2: actually going to be the love of her life,
0: then it becomes... Okay, Luke and Laura. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, Sorry. This is, this is Matt, and it's interesting what, what Sarah mentioned about um, the reader consenting on behalf of the heroine. And I wonder if Richard and I, being guys, have difficulty producing that consent in our minds.
4: It's possible.
2: Which, which may be why those issues wig us out more.
4: Here's a question for you, Matt. When you first started reading this kind of stuff, and you ran up against those, did you have a moment where you're like, "Okay, I guess this is how they go," and just just sort of went with it or or was it like, "Um, I have questions, and we really need to talk before this goes farther
2: Um yes, <laughs> <laughs>
1: short answer, uh-huh. I had warned him in advance though. Like, so with level up, there's really, there are no consent issues in that. Um, I, at least not to my, pres- no, not as, no. as far as I could okay. tell. But so when I gave him the, um, paranormal series, I was like, okay, so here's, this is going to bug you a little bit, this part here. So I had already kind of right. warned him. So I think he was expecting it
2: with. The well, first and again, one. it wasn't the first one. It was the second one right. that got me. And that's right. where I like the first one, I kind of like rolled with it and was mm-hmm. like, I would be definitely be interested in talking with Suzanne about this later yep. to understand sort of what's going on here. Um, and it was the second one where we, we talked about it, but I, I, we yeah. agreed that I just was not going to be able to go further in that book.
1: Right. Cause I was like, I was coming from the perspective of having not only finished the book, but then like read further in the series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, she totally kicks ass. And if you just read a few more chapters, she goes, <laughs> <laughs> yep. she like, she is like the baddest badass ever, and she makes him look like nothing in comparison. And Matt was like, "No, I just can't keep going." And yep. and everyone's
0: she- boundaries in a different place.
1: Yep.
0: So, when you guys pick a romance that you're going to read together, do you guys do do each of you gravitate towards the same thing, or do you pick a book and think, "Okay, I know that I know my spouse is going to dig this." Like I knew at least that I I knew Rich would dig the Crow series. And yeah. So good. You oh gosh, Suzanne, have you read these? Yeah? I one?
1: haven't I bought the first one because it was on sale and because of your God, I
0: love this series
1: <laughs> so much and now I'm just like, oh crap, what if I don't like it? Okay. seriously um, Yeah, I so I haven't read it, it yet, but um when I do I'm I'm sure to give it to Matt. Um I
2: think the closest we've come to reading something at the same time, because for the most part I've just sort of taken my recommendations from Suzanne. Right. I haven't, I haven't, I have not, I have not graduated yet to the point where I, where I go out <laughs> and, and, uh, find your own find stuff. Um, I think the closest we've come to reading the same thing at the same time is the, um, Christina Lauren stuff, mm. because I actually read, um, I can't remember the title Dark, the Wild, Night. Dark he, Wild Night. He, he uh, read the before third. Before you did.
1: Right. So I was reading the second book while he was reading the third book. That's basically how that happened, and he only read the third book. But yeah. then I read anyway. Yeah. Um, but another thing I would say is that we—if I don't know if you would qualify this as romance—I don't know if the author does—but um, the the steampunk series there with with um, oh god, she touches them and they stop being like a werewolf or a vampire or
2: whatever. Oh so uh, uh, yes, um, Gail Carriger, yeah, uh, yeah. the the parasol Protectorate. Yes. We read both at the same time.
1: Yeah, and they—I are... I would call them kind of like a play on what they're like kind of Victorian romance ish right? Yeah. there are
0: a lot of genres being played with in those books.
1: Yes. So many. Yes. So we read them
0: together. All of them. They're very fun.
1: They are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually the like series about the daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. So the first is it is called Prudence. And that was actually the book that was in the Amazon box that started this whole thing. And I was like, hey! Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: So, but yeah, so we read that series together. Um... And yeah, that definitely has romantic elements.
2: Yeah. And so much fun.
1: And, and yeah, all the fun. I think for us, it's been, well, a lot
3: of it is I just buy books and then I'm like, hey, you would like this. Or I buy it on audio for myself and then Rich tries it out because I tell him he would like it. But I remember when we were first um, first dating, he told me about a book he really liked. Was that the Dragon Prince? I
4: yeah, the title. Ron's Dragon Prince.
3: And so I read it, and it has this really – It's it's an epic fantasy book, but it has a really substantial um, romance arc in it.
0: you you, and you, 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 things... you 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 know about a romance that has the word dragon in it, and you didn't tell me. I'm I am devastated. I am crushed. Okay, go ahead. I'll okay, speak but with you okay, about okay this spoilers. Later.
3: Spoilers! Spoilers! It does not have a happy ending, though, Sarah. Ugh,
4: fine, Never well, mind. No, I take No, it back. it's a trilogy, so she'll be good for the first. Okay, couple just
3: blocks. don't read any of the other books. Yeah, <laughs>
4: just
0: read the first <laughs> three. Okay.
4: All right. Actually, and then I take back what I said. It's it's technically it's two trilogies. By the end of the third trilogy, you just invest in go go to like Sam's Club, get the industrial um, Kleenex no. pack, and and then and then you'll be okay.
0: No, I'll just stop at the first trilogy, and if there's not enough, I'll write my own ending in my head. <laughs> there you I'm, go. I'm not here for Costco. So anyway, I apologize for interrupting you with my extremely deep-felt ire, but go ahead. No,
3: <laughs> no I, I would say between the two of us, actually, Rich is the romantic, and I am not, for sure. And that's true. You so like was- yeah, N-trails. I'll,
4: well, I'll, be, I'll be the one that's, like, crying <laughs> watching a movie, right? And she'll be over there just knitting away, just clicking, <laughs> black, <laughs> black And then, like, she'll be totally fine. But then, if we're watching in, like, the Sarah McLachlan uh, SP or... Um,
0: oh, God. Yeah, the, the uh, animal yeah.
4: one. Yeah, the animal shelter Forget one, it. The commercial. I have to hit fast forward for that. Otherwise, she will just explode in tears. <laughs> oh,
3: Richard so, and I, we have the relationship where if I'm having a bad day, he will... I'll come home and he'll be like, I made your favorite meal and poured you a glass of wine and did these three really thoughtful things. And when he's having a bad day, I'm like, I will bring you the severed head of your enemy. But a lot of movies he liked, he really liked When Harry Met Sally and stuff like that. So I figured this would be kind of an easy transition. And then some of it just comes from osmosis because we have so many books in this house and I get so many books for smart bitches. Um, And they're actually addressed to... Elise at Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and our UPS man is just like you can tell he wants to ask, <laughs> but he's not. <laughs> he's not quite there yet. Um, so, I mean, I think the the books that we predominantly read together are books that have kind of a fantasy element or a crossover, um, steampunk, or yeah, mostly steampunk. Like The Seduction of Fate and Black. You read, you read the Bannon the, and Claire, Claire and Bannon. series, yeah. yeah. Those are
4: good, but they they're weird, because the, the thing I didn't understand about those so they're they're classified I guess as like steampunk romance, but there's really not any naughty bits. It's all sort of unrequited stuff that just never gets resolved, and most of it is not through the two main characters. It's uh, Bannon, uh, who's the uh, the sorceress Prime, her sort of bodyguard person. That's where the hot, hot romance like wannabe is happening. And the relationship between Bannon and Claire is more of like a a deep, deep friendship type kind of love. Mm -hmm. Not, not like the um, naughty bits kind of love.
0: Right. I do. I have a recommendation for you, but before I go to another question, did you read sorcerer to the crown? no okay it is by Zencho. it is a historical um i can't remember if it's victorian or regency but it is a fantasy retelling uh where there's a whole division of sorcerers who are for the crown basically and there's a sorcerer um there's like a head sorcerer and the the current head is the former apprentice of the the prior sorcerer royal i think is his title and he's uh, black and adopted and nobody wants him around. Uh, and there's this whole side uh, this whole side area of the fantasy world where women who have magic are, are taught to suppress it. So there's so much going on. And then, of course, there's this one girl who's like, I'm not going to be suppressed. I'm going to do amazing things. And it's so intricate, but you would really dig it.
3: I will definitely check that out.
0: Okay. So, Suzanne, when you emailed me originally... Mm -hmm. One of the things you brought up was the fact that, uh, there were questions, many questions. Like, (laughs) so this is what you wrote. Are all men supposed to be physically massive? (laughs) 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 Is it just an archetype? Like what's happening here? Um, are there people, what you asked was, are there people who've read with their spouse or men who like to read romance and, the ways in which reading something that is clearly from the female gaze makes for a completely different experience if you are not normally deploying that gaze. I am really curious about these questions.
1: I, I was trying, when Matt and I were talking about this, I was trying to put myself in his shoes and thinking about like, okay, so as women, our entire lives, we see depictions of the female ideal in all media all the time, right? Right. So you know you're supposed to be thin, you're supposed to be all of these attributes, large breasts, etc. So as a woman, you know, I mean, what, except for like 1% of the population, you know that you are not the ideal. Um, And I can't speak for men, but I feel like it's probably not pushed in their faces constantly quite so much as it is with us. Um, But in romance novels, it really is. Like, all the dudes are jacked. Like (laughs) right yes
0: yes (laughs) even when it was historically accurate for them to be like 60 or 70 pounds overweight
1: right well and like all these in in the regency are like tan like how the hell is that happening like they their whole ye oldie tanning salon or
3: or they miraculously have muscular thighs because they go horseback riding once a day right right right.
1: like bullshit (laughs) (laughs) bullshit on your muscular thighs that also gives them washboard abs. I don't know how that happens, but
2: yeah. Well, it's it's washboard abs that if it's a if it's a modern romance, it's washboard abs that their t-shirt shows off oh, every yeah, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've noticed that.
3: Well, you know what, though, as, as someone who was raised Catholic, um, you know, Jesus always had washboard abs. And as an adult now looking up, I'm questioning that as well, you know, like he's dying on the cross, but he's got washboard abs. What well, the fuck is going on?
1: I actually just always assumed that Jesus was malnourished from, you know, wandering about and and whatnot. And so his washboard abs were really just because, like, he was so skinny that you could see that he had muscles. Um, hey, but, he knew people, he knew people that I, could finish. I also did not know <laughs> oh. So, okay, so, um, yeah, they're not, they're all jacked. They're also all really tall and have broad shoulders and narrow hips. Um, their facial features are all, you know, like this, the uh, whatever jaw and their proud nose and just the way that, that people are described. Right. Um, and so Matt was like, are, are all romance heroes tall and built? And I was like, yeah. Some, yeah, we they are. <laughs>
2: they're they're also simultaneously uh cap- and I think this is something we've talked about they're they're capable of beating the living crap out of someone and being completely protective and nurturing. Yep.
3: And I'm just speculating here cuz there are more and more contemporaries now that feature a beta hero who's not necessarily super muscular. Yay. Um they tend to be fit. I haven't read any romance novels with any heroes who are um, overweight yet, but they're not necessarily that big kind of Fabio look. And I think a lot of that is a holdover from the fact that romance novels back in the day were marketed towards women by men and men assumed, well, let's just put Fabio on the cover wearing like a loincloth and like his mullet <laughs> blowing in the wind. Women, right. they're just going to fall all over themselves, you know?
2: Um,
3: and, and so I think some of it is is a holdover to, you know, kind of what we think women want. And I think some of it is just kind of part of – it depends on what you're reading. So if you're reading a historical, depending on when it takes place, or a supernatural romance, the heroes tend to be, like, much more buff and muscular. Um, but in contemporaries, I think you have a little more play with the body type. Although I have yet to read a romance novel where a hero has a teeny penis. Like, that hasn't happened yet. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, no. It needs to be able to be deployed as a sundial in an emergency.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> So that was another thing that came up, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it's sort of like, like, do, are, are they all going to talk about his, his massive member all the time? It's like, yeah. Pretty right. yep. much. Yep. And it's like, it's like
3: velvet covered steel
1: every yes. time. And it's, it's <sighs> hot too. Yeah. Like there's this same adjectives all the time. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of the no. things that's appreciated about um, Susanna Kearsley's novels is that she manages to make you fall in love with the hero without actually describing him very much physically. Oh, like, gosh. Yes, it's true. And it's like, its I don't know how she does it, but like like your heart might break a little bit and you don't even know what the guy looks like, really, you know? And and it's, you can put whoever you want in there. It's kind of great.
3: Because I think Rich asked me this, too, when he was reading the Crows series, um, he sent me a text while I was at work. Why, you know, these books are really about these women. Why are these dudes on the covers? Like it's a dude in a hoodie. What the fuck does that have to do with anything that's going on here? And I was like, well, cause that's what marketing thinks women want to look at. Yeah.
1: Uh, and actually I was, I really like, um, okay. So the covers in historicals where like, there's just a lady on the front and she's mm-hmm. wearing, you know, a really nice dress or something. Um, and maybe you turn to the like inner cover and you get to see the couple together, but I really prefer that it's just the heroine because then, you know, you can take the book out with you and people aren't like, Oh, what smell is she reading? You know? And because yeah, there's some sexy scenes, but a lot of them, like the, the cover does not represent what's inside at all.
0: Nope, And the clinch is the sort of cross the room signal, like, yo, Hey, romance right here. Um, and unfortunately, fortunately for, for readers, I think the, Signaling of what kind of book a book is is growing to encompass other images that still signal romance but don't re- rely on, you know, acres of bronzed man titty with large, strange thumb shaped <laughs> nipples. <It's> very odd. <laughs>
3: looking in two different directions
0: yes they're they're always a little cross-eyed is a real problem there
3: well and i think i read when i read romance novels regardless of what the dude on the cover looks like typically who i imagine in my head is very different and it depends on how descriptive the author is and how good they are at establishing what he looks like but like personally i cannot i i'm I'm weirded out by dudes with no body hair right (laughs) so whenever they describe Whenever they describe the hero as like being super smooth, I'm like, Why? What's he doing? <laughs>
2: yeah. Or <You> is <know?
0: laughs> ye <laughs> oldie wax? Hair. It's right next door to ye oldie tanning salon and ye oldy thigh master. Come
3: on. Right.
2: Well, but you know what? Um, we we laugh a lot about where do they find razors on <laughs> abandoned islands? <laughs> or armpits. Like when whenever we watch Arrow, we're like, look, all of these women on the abandoned island still manage to shave everything.
0: Oh, yeah. in the zombie apocalypse, yeah. there's a really good underarm razor for yeah, every yeah. single woman
4: yeah like, for guys for guys in that so situation well, yeah how how is it that like the the beard part under the chin disappears <laughs> all the time right like that's the one part of a beard i can't stand so that's that's the area i always shave
0: what you mean like the how, neck part or yeah, right, the neck part. Yeah, neck how beard, is right. that
4: always you know nicely trimmed but like yeah. the beard gets super bushy
0: yeah well you know <laughs> Body hair is not something we're generally comfortable with, apparently.
2: <laughs> so I guess I guess I guess the uh the the men in who who are strangely hairless, I guess that's just fair turnabout on, on what
0: <laughs> Yeah. We... All the hairless women.
2: <laughs> exactly. Every
0: yeah. right. well, now and again I'll do an advertisement design for someone and they'll send me the extremely high res uh version of the cover photograph that they base their cover on. And I can tell you at least of the time, as I zoom in to try to isolate different parts of the picture, I will notice that there is visible stubble on the male model. Like, and it's on his chest. It's not on his face. Like his, his, his man pelt is growing back. It's a substantial pelt. It clearly was not waxed. And I'm just like, oh, 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 that just looks even worse. Could you just have chest hair? Chest hair is okay.
1: Chest hair. Yeah. uh, I mean, it looks
4: like you're
0: 14. I know, right?
4: One of the comments Elise made earlier is about that text I sent her. Um, and, and the thing that just blew my mind uh, when I was listening to the book is the crows are so fun and so fabulous that I didn't understand why, why Kara wasn't on the cover.
3: With yeah. Brody. And Brody would have like a severed hand in his mouth. Oh, totally. Yeah, exactly. no, the
0: cover exactly. is some ripped guy in a hoodie.
4: Yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, there, there's like a few guys in the background, um, you know, out, outside of her paramour in it. But I'm like, uh, so who is that supposed to be again? As yep. opposed to like any of the major characters that the story follows through, through the whole story. You know, it's, the men are like a secondary character in it.
0: It's weird that dude in the hoodie on the cover does not indicate the degree of women that are present in the stories.
3: Well, I have a theory because that... Particular dude in the hoodie has been on the cover of many a book. Oh yes, and I mm-hmm. think like it's a it's like a ring situation where it's some kind of paranormal haunting where he just appears. Like, in <laughs> Romance comp covers. No one can stop him. He's just there. He's just there.
2: <laughs> well, well look, Suzanne, Suzanne looked up the cover for me, and and I see exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's a
3: guy in a white hoodie, right? Uh-huh.
2: Well, that's Part the second of,
3: one. Yes. Uh, oh I'm no, the, the first. Yeah, the first yes. one has Adam Lambert on it. I think. Um, <laughs> Well, I can tell you my theory as to why
0: there's a dude on the cover of a book that's very much about women, and that is that women are taught to be extremely harsh critics of one another. Um, And there's some theories about whether... people who identify as female when they are reading a romance, if they envision themselves as the heroine and then they need to have as little barrier between themselves and the heroine as possible so that they can symbiotically take her place in the story or if they have to be able to relate to her deeply in order to appreciate the story and that the level of connection between the reader as a female and the heroine as a female is, is subject to a lot of discussion because it's not how I read, but I talk to other readers and that's exactly how they perceive the books. But because women are such... Harsh critics of one another, and we're taught to be that way. Um, it's a lot easier to put a hot guy in a hoodie on the cover of a book and communicate what it is and grab the grab the female reader. Even though I I have nothing of interest, I find nothing of interest in that cover. I don't like built guys. I don't like shaved chests. I I, I have no strong feelings about hoodies, but like that does not do it for me. But because if you just put a woman on the cover with, you know, Brody and a severed hand in his mouth, that it might be more likely to alienate female readers because we are more critical of each other than we are identifying, identifying with one another. Whereas with the women in the historicals with the dresses, I'm all about that. I love those images.
3: Right. I wonder so, if
4: there's so if almost – If we swap the hand for a ball, would that, would that work then? Maybe. Only if, if like Jill Shalvis a... wrote it.
0: <laughs> well, that's the, There's a lot of dogs on covers because dogs. Dogs on yeah, covers sell. Mysteries have cats sell. and romances have dogs. Maybe, maybe Brody, if he were on the cover, would have like a grenade in his mouth.
3: I read Brody's the, the shit out she. of that.
0: That's right, Brody is a girl. Yeah, that's right. Brody's I Brody a girl. Brody Hawaii, you put that severed head down right now. You represent <laughs> all pit bulls.
3: I um You're I wonder sometimes I wonder sometimes if it's a little bit of it, a little bit coded because oh totally the books that have men on the covers just the just the hero or the hero and the heroine there's an implication that like there's sex within this book somewhere you will find sex
0: how many but nipples you, are there that's how many sex scenes times 10
3: right <laughs> but if you look at like inspirational romance um or historical romance where or more historical fiction with like a romantic element where there's less sex. Very often it is a single female on the cover. And she's doing something. Looking off into the distance or something like that. Yeah. Unless it's one of the
0: new mysteries, in which case she's probably opening a door with ruffles. There's a lot of ruffles.
4: I I have a question. Um, Yes. I'm, I'm very visual when I read.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, So a lot of times I will really be disturbed if the person on the cover doesn't match <laughs> the character. Welcome do, to either, romance. do any of you guys have that issue where you're, where you're looking at it and you're like, that just, it, it it's not working. Those two are not the same person, but they're supposed to be.
3: Yep. Oh yes.
4: Yep. I, think
3: because, I think because I read so many eBooks now, I don't really look at the covers anymore as much. I know what you're oh. talking about. Where it's like on the cover she's got red hair, and in the book she's a blonde, and you're like, "Wait a minute,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Susan? Is that true for you?"
1: Yeah. Well, I just kind of pretend that the that the cover doesn't exist. Like I. I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> Ah, somewhere an art director is crying. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the, the cover may attract me to the book, but sometimes the cover also, you know, detracts from the book. Like, someone will have recommended it. Like, honestly, based on the cover of um, that Crow's book, I would not have bought it. Oh, me neither. It, me neither. It was you that made me pick it up, you know? Because I was like, this. okay, all the signals on this cover say it's not the book for me. Yep. Um, And... Well, I used to read, um, a lot of urban fantasy and I used to work, um, at a bank and I worked at the drive up window. And so, I mean, you're not really supposed to be seen like with a book, right? You're not supposed to be seen not working. Um, but my coworkers would see my book that I was reading for lunch or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, you're reading a sexy book and make fun of me. But it's like, no, they just put all urban fantasy covers are like a chick with a sword and she's probably in a bra and leather pants.
0: Always the leather pants because, you know, those are the quietest pants imaginable. You don't creak or anything.
3: Rich runs into that all the time at work, right?
4: <laughs> I do. Um, okay. Now this I know what, will. Wearing leather this, pants? Well, no, this what? is going to be something that will, will drive Sarah nuts. But one of the few things that I do enjoy when I end up working out in the dining room is I get to ask people what they're reading.
0: Oh, that's just awesome.
4: And um, it is, it, it t- to some extent, it, it is so horribly sad when you have a woman that is sitting there reading and you you come up and you, you're like, can I ask you what you're reading?
2: Oh, and, no, nothing. And, just...
4: and, 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 Exactly, it's the oh, you know, just just a book, just you know, Mm -hmm. know. and and you know exactly what it is that you're reading. Then, Then it's this social stigma that Mm -hmm. that if you read a romance novel, it doesn't have any value, and that drives me nuts because I was talking to a woman whose husband was making fun of her for reading romance novels. We were chatting for quite some time and
0: dumbass.
4: um, and, and she's like, well, you know, my husband makes fun of me for reading these. I said, oh, really? So what does he read? Oh, he doesn't. And I'm like, excuse me? he's He doesn't read anything and he's making fun of you for reading? That's that's insane. And, and that's what happens a lot of, uh, when I ask people. And there's other people that are just absolutely fantastic where you'll ask them and, you know, they'll launch into – a discussion about you know the book they're reading, the hero, the heroines, all that kind of stuff, and those are like some of the best exchanges I have with with customers. So, well, and then
3: he comes home with like note paper in his pocket. He's like, "I heard about these five books today that you would <laughs> like." <right?" laughs> oh. That's
2: very cool. So, I'm not worried about honestly the the like I have not read anything in public because I'm not worried about the, the cover giving away what I'm reading. <laughs> and that would just be embarrassing.
4: Let, let me get this straight. So what you're saying is most of the time while you're reading, you sit down.
2: Uh, right. <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs> okay, yeah. um,
4: because, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you know a secret here, Sarah. Um, Certain parts of romance books are difficult for men to read while standing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is the thing. I, I, I told, Su- so we were just up at Suzanne's, um, mother's this weekend mm-hmm. and I almost brought the iPad with me so that I could, I could read, um, the, the Alicia Ray book that I was in the middle of. Mm-hmm. And, um, honestly I decided not to because I was like, I don't really want to be at my mother-in-law's, reading this and then have to go say hi to someone. Right.
3: <laughs> oh, no. But I do. I remember that comment fairly early on. I, I don't know if it was the Crow series or I don't know what you were reading, but you were like, these are really sexy books. And <laughs> yep. it's like, yep. Surprise.
2: And well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. And, and, and here's the fun part. There's fringe that. benefits. Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely, definitely bonuses to having your having your significant other uh, in, into this kind of reading.
0: And not shaming her for reading it. Well, no, no.
4: not at all. Um, like, duh. Yeah. Dumbass. What, you, know, yeah, yeah, I know. you
0: guys are an right.
4: idiot. I know, and that, that still bugs me to this day.
0: <laughs> bugs me right now.
4: <laughs> um, one of the best things my wife got me for a gift, carte blanche, is she got me a little speaker. I can't remember if it was... I can't remember which book I was listening to, I was cleaning the bathroom, and because of the water running and everything, I had the speaker turned up, (laughs) and then we hit a naughty bits, right? (laughs) And I remember distinctly standing up in the shower and going, are the windows closed? (laughs) (laughs) Because we live right next to a park, and that could be a very difficult conversation with somebody. Well, officer, I, It was a book I was listening to.
3: I, I've done the thing where I listen to books on the way to work a lot um, on audio. And I noticed like I was listening to, I think it was a Christina Lauren book and it was getting really sexy. And I noticed a cop was parked like on the side of the highway. <laughs> and instead of instinctively slowing down, like you do to hit the speed limit, I like turned the volume down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: sorry, officer. No, 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 no,
1: no, <laughs> uh, Yeah. So I, um, right now I'm staying home with our two kids and we go on, cause it's summer. We go on pretty long walks every day. Plus there's all the time in the car with them. And if I'm listening to an audiobook, there's definitely a lot of like, okay, we're in the car are the kids asleep for this part, you know? And so I, there's pausing and stuff. Yeah. It's not, or, it's not so much shame as like, just being conscious of your surroundings at that point.
4: Yeah. Or, you, or I'll go for a walk and I'll be listening to it. And you're, like, walking down the street, and you feel mildly embarrassed, even though you know absolutely no one else can hear what you're listening to. Yeah.
1: yeah.
4: And you're like, okay, this... Uh, yeah, audiobooks can be a, a bit of a challenge for this genre.
1: Mm-hmm. The narrator is
2: very, very important. Oh, goodness, I, yes. Oh, oh, yes. So I haven't done any audiobooks yet, and all I'm thinking about is the fact that... that um yeah, you've got to have – you've got to apparently have a guy who can pull off – what is it? A growling and a woman who can p- pull off a purring.
0: Uh, Renee yeah, Rodman that. can do that because for the uh, Kate Daniels series by Alona Andrews, Curran, the, the hero, will growl. And she – I did an interview with her and she demonstrated all the different ways that she can create that growl. I was like, this is
1: amazing.
0: Huh. So there awesome. are some who can totally pull it off.
1: I've actually found the only romance audiobooks that I can listen to are like Regencies because oh, yeah. for whatever reason the, you know, the British accent makes me feel less self-conscious about listening to the Sexy Tens. There, was,
3: there I read, um, was, I read, I, it was, this, what's her name? Stephanie Lawrence? Is that it? I'm blanking out the big regency author yeah
0: that's stephanie lawrence yes i was
3: listening to one of her books on audio that i had gotten from the library and was it the
0: weeping furnace one
3: no it was a it was the 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 narrator was an older british dude and it sounded i had to stop because it sounded like alfred from batman was reading you sex scenes and not like michael Michael kane alfred like i might be there for that um, like nipples on the bat suit, Alfred, whoever that guy was. It was very upsetting.
1: Very <laughs> nipples upsetting. Nipples on the bat suit, Alfred. <laughs> okay, now these ones have all been narrated by women. So, uh-huh. mm.
4: yeah, actually, actually, the uh, the the narrator of a book can make or break a book.
0: Oh, I've it's hum- totally there's, true.
4: There's uh, a sci-fi series that I really. I, I actually quite enjoy the series, but the narrator is so horrible that it's impossible to tell who's talking all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. I have that problem. And,
4: and, um, a good narrator, like you literally don't need the so-and-such said because you know exactly who's talking. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. the way I felt when I was listening to the audio book for secondhand souls, like everyone was distinct. Was,
4: yeah. And, if, and every once in a while you can find, and I haven't found a romance book that does this yet, which I think would is like a horribly missed market, is um, you find some that have a male narrator and a female narrator.
3: Oh, no, a lot of romances do that. There's yeah. a couple. I haven't, yeah. I haven't run across any
4: books yet, so if, if if you have any suggestions, Sarah, definitely funnel them through at least to me.
3: Oh, I will.
4: But, but like a couple of the books I've run across, I have been fantastic that way. And then like, um, probably the best narration ever was the um, His Dark Materials by um, Philip Pullman.
1: I loved there, those on audio.
4: There was a full cast. Yep, there's and a
0: couple that are like that. They're wonderful. Yeah,
4: those are fantastic. Yeah. Um, the The other thing that I've found, um, like reading when I've when I've read some of the romance, because Elise will literally get like a box of books. And then they'll be sitting on, on the table and she, as she's sorting through, and it's like, well, that one looks interesting, or that one looks. So I'll, I'll start and I'll start reading them and stuff like that. And then the problem is she'll reshelf them and I'll lose them
0: sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you need to putting, start putting a sticker on them.
4: Yeah, I know. It's like, okay, save for Richard put that one there.
0: <laughs> I do have well, a I remember book recommendation when... for you, though. I do you have a recommendation mm-hmm. for a historical with a beta hero. And this this came to mind just because the cover is so ridiculous. Um, the Spymaster's Lady by Joanna Bourne is a really tremendous book because in the way that the, the characters speak in different languages and you can tell in the dialogue when they when the dialogue is written in English, the way that the words are ordered communicates that that character is actually speaking in another language at that point. It's fascinating. But the hero is uh, a spy master, and so in the book he's incredibly – nondescript. He blends in easily. His face isn't memorable. He's very bland and, and easily m- can put on a disguise. Um, and he's incredibly brilliant and very, very much uh, a sort of a, a – what's the word I'm looking for? Not statistician. Strategist. There. Good job, brain. Strategist. <laughs> But the cover, the cover has this guy with this big wad of hair and is pulling his shirt open to show off his chest and it's huge and there's like 19 <laughs> abdominal muscles and they're all carefully shaded in. And even the author was like, that is not who's in that book. So if you're looking for more beta hyster- historicals, those are my favorites and I love that one. So before we sign off, can I ask each of you for one book recommendation, a romance that you've really enjoyed that you would want to recommend to other people? no okay fine no <laughs>
3: of course you can
0: yeah i know it's harder to just n- narrow it down to one
4: uh, i'll go first because it's it's not a hard one for me at all i have literally been bugging my coworkers about this and just about anybody in the dining room when i work out there who who will listen uh the, the crow is serious uh you know, the unleashing.
0: I'm sorry. I cannot support that recommendation at all. No, yes, I know, please.
4: <laughs> I, I know. I know you can't. It, it's such a hard one to sell. I know. Um, definitely, I would go with um, Shelley Lawrence. Then.
0: Suzanne, what about you? One? Okay, so the one
1: <laughs> that it has I has to love. be more mm-hmm.
0: than one. We can handle it.
1: Okay. Well, then I'm going to pick two, and that's kind of – I will try to cap out there. So um, Sarah McLean's latest, um, The Rogue Not Taken, I, like, hugged the book after I was done reading it. Um, yeah, there's a certain book scene where, like, basically it's my whole dream. Um, and, and I said to Matt, like, you need to be this guy. This is who you should be. You need to wait, give wait. me this – the
3: books. Was this the scene where he talks about buying her a bookstore while essentially rubbing honey into her skin? That scene? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least like that one too. Yeah, that's that's like yeah. I mean, there's a lot that happens in romance novels where I'm like, yeah, I could take this or leave it, or I'm that works for that couple, but that's not what I want. But that scene, that's like, yep, that's that's what I yep, that is. I put myself in the book for that. So good. Anyway, and the other is just because we're big geeks. Um, I think everybody should read Saga. Um, Mm. It's a comic, and so good. It's so good. And, yeah, it's not a romance, but it's a romance. There's, I mean, it's, like, literally star-crossed lovers, right? I mean. Yeah, and,
2: yeah.
1: Pretty and, much. And the woman's a badass, and the guy's a badass, and the whole. And they're good parents. Well, they try On to be, occasion. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's it's nuanced and it's just, it's so good and it's still ongoing and comics are expensive, so I'm sorry, but, um, I think everybody who is above the age of 18 should read that comic.
4: No, for Saga, is that, they have that in graphic novels, right?
1: Yeah, they have it in trades. So it's like, well, six issues each. Yeah,
2: it's, their, their publishing pattern seems to be, um, six issues and then, three months off during which they publish a collection of those six issues
1: yes so it's like six issues in an
4: arc arc.
3: it's it's cool rich i just one click bought volume one (laughs) excellent
4: (laughs) this this among many many other reasons is why i love my wife so much
0: (laughs) bad and she brings you the severed head of your enemies
4: Yeah. um, It's very unique having someone who's like uh, willing to do that for you. Uh, Granted, you know, I'm getting tired of having to dig holes in the park at night, but
0: you you know, know. (laughs) that's why you need to get a dog. They'll help you with the digging. Get a, get a Brody. They'll help you with the digging. Don't,
4: don't you have well, a cat? Brody won't help with it. She'll just run around with it like, look what I have, look what I have. <laughs> uh,
3: uh, yes, we have a cat, and there may be background noise, Sarah, because I have not gotten up to investigate, but there is something alive in our house, and I'm praying to God it's just a fly, <laughs> that he is slowly destroying everything in an attempt to catch. Well, yeah. whatever it is, if he's going to kill it, he's doing his job.
2: Right. Our cat does not kill things. He just brings them in and then toys with them for literally hours.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to
4: torture this in front of you. Yeah, like
1: Feathers and like blood bloodstream.
3: It's just,
4: it's
1: horrifying. Yeah.
4: Well, um, actually, no, what he's doing, he's trying to teach you guys how to hunt. He's like, okay, I brought this to you. Now you have to figure out how to kill it. Okay. And go humans.
1: And he's this, he's, um, he's this like big fluffy Maine Coon. So he's incredibly soft. <laughs> yeah. And- he he loves having his belly rubbed and so like him compared to the cat that you see torturing things for hours it's you know it's it's kind of it's like serial killer ish and it's creepy um his name is also dewey which i believe is is the
4: same wow that is awesome that is sort of
1: freaky yeah our dewey likes
3: to go into the basement to eat millipedes and spiders and we joke that like (laughs) He's the he's the great reaver in millipede spider mythology, right? Because <laughs> he comes up and he's just got, like, legs wiggling out of his mouth. Oh, no. disgusting. <laughs> Cats are so gross. <laughs>
2: Matt, Sorry. what about
0: you? Do you have a book recommendation?
2: I think I'm going to take advantage of the fact that Suzanne had two recommendations. Um, because I, I feel like I haven't read enough. Like, I've only read maybe a dozen novels at most. I don't... That's
1: not true. He means romance novels. Romance novels. Right, 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 right.
2: I can always recommend books um, in general. I'm actually rereading the Pride er Ainz series by uh, Lloyd Alexander right now, um, which is an interesting contrast to a lot of the other fantasy of the time. Um, But I don't feel like I can recommend a romance novel right now. I don't feel like I have enough breadth.
4: I can understand that. What, it doesn't have to be breath. Just, like, which is the one that, like, if people ask you, you know, what, what do you like to read? And then, like, the one that you're willing to talk to them in public, that's usually what I, I go with is, like, the what's the best yeah, one? But
1: would you recommend Level Up? Or- I was going to
2: say, in that case, I would probably recommend either Level Up um, which actually I did recommend level up to several coworkers as mentioned. Um, and, um, I would probably also recommend, uh, dark, wild night. I yeah. can't remember the title. It would be so much easier if That's I could right. remember the title. Right down dark, down wild dark. night. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. The,
1: the problem with, I mean, there's not a problem, but like, yeah, you know, the, the issue with recommending Christina Lawrence books is that they are pretty heavy on the sexy times.
2: So well but that one in particular it takes a while for them to get into the sexy times.
1: It does, not necessarily the fantasizing about the sexy times. That's true. They had some some pretty good daydreams for a while there. Oh. Yeah. Um but yeah, so it's <laughs> weird like like I've traded books with my sisters and then it's like um okay, so what subgenre are you interested in and you're hoping that they you know say something that might indicate what level of steaminess they're open to. Um, but Matt has two sisters. And so I've, I've been very hesitant to to recommend the steamier romances. And then I discovered that one of his sisters was, um, she actually listens to this podcast. so I'm going to, have to be careful what I say, but um, <laughs> she, she's like, oh yeah, I read that one. We were talking about, um, oh, not a pleasure, glutton for, glutton for pleasure oh my god i can't speak and uh she's like oh yeah i read that one and i was like oh okay so if she can read that book then i can recommend her all these other books
0: uh yes yes you can am i missing anyone's recommendations oh uh, i have to go oh okay i'm I'm. hold on let me pull the the keyboard closer go
3: <laughs> so i'm i it's not a romance but it's uh, my entire weekend like i can't I'm not going to be able to accomplish anything until I finish this book and like seriously I'm thinking about tomorrow and whether I need to go to work um but I just downloaded the 5th season by NK Jemisin.
0: Oh, she's so good
3: holy shit, is this book good. Like, It's going to be one of those books where you finish it and every other book you read after it sucks by comparison and you're really upset about it. And I went to her website and she's starting a Patreon campaign to help her be able to write more and work her 9-to-5 job less. And I'm having thoughts like, we don't need to pay our mortgage, right? Like, how many? You get (laughs) a couple. That's that's
4: actually sort of important. (laughs) We could cut back on the yarn. Maybe instead of the market. No, we can't. Well, let's, let's not, not get exactly. crazy here. Let's not get crazy
3: here. <laughs> so I'm reading. Um, I'm reading that, and that is just. It's it's an epic fantasy novel. It takes place in. Um, I, I haven't figured out yet. Are is, are we on an alternate planet, or is this Earth like thousands and thousands of years from now, where it's an environment that's very, very heavy on severe weather and tectonic. Um, issues seismic issues and so society's basically built around survival doing you know waiting for the next big earthquake a volcanic eruption tsunami and and how you're going to survive and there's three um, female protagonists that the book follows and it's so good
0: that is all for this week's rather long episode i hope you enjoyed our group interview i had so much fun during this conversation and i want to thank matt and suzanne and elise and rich for taking the time to talk to me for more than an hour to explore what reading romance as a couple means and how it changes what they talk about are you a couple or person that reads romance You don't have to be heterosexual. You could be any kind of sexual you want. But if you read romances with your partner and it's part of your relationship, I would be really interested in hearing about it. For me personally, my husband's and my reading tastes are so very different that I haven't really discovered a straight up romance. Like, you know, the getting together part is the primary reason the story exists that he has enjoyed. I have made many good recommendations for him, but the romance was sort of like a secondary ing- ingredient, not a primary ingredient. But if you are a couple or part of a relationship and you both read romances and it has an effect on how you talked about things with one another, I would totally love to hear you, hear from you. Email me at sarah at com. If you are a regular listener of the show and you would like to support us or help us reach goals like transcripting all the episodes that don't have a transcript, you can have a look at patreon.com/smart bitches many many listeners have made monthly pledges of a dollar, $3, $5 a month and the contributions are so so helpful thank you very very much if you would like to have a look or share the link or maybe make a pledge you can go to patreon.com/smart bitches the music you're listening to is provided by sassy outwater you can find her on twitter at sassy outwater this piece is called sonata for piano 26 by samuel barber And it is performed by Jade Simmons from her album, Revolutionary Rhythm. You can find it on Amazon and on iTunes and wherever you buy your fine music. I will have links to all of the books that we discussed in the podcast entry. But if you have suggestions or questions or ideas and you want to ask me something or you'd like to leave a voicemail about the book that made you into a romance reader, because I am totally still taking those, please, please call one two zero one three seven one three two seven two that's one two zero one three seven one three two seven two leave me a message tell me what you're on your mind what you're thinking about book you want to talk about or what book made you into a totally happy joyful romance reader or what book totally made you rage that's totally fine too and if you're thinking, I really don't like the sound of my voice, believe me, I understand I edit the sound of my own voice every week and it's very strange, you can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or sarah at smartbitches because like most humans, I have like 19 email addresses. Either way, I love hearing from you because you're the very best. So on behalf of everyone here and myself, including both of the cats who want to crawl into my sound box did you know that sound foam inside a cardboard box is way better than an ordinary cardboard box if you're a cat this is a thing i've discovered either way on behalf of all of us here we wish you the very best of reading have a great weekend